Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang, and welcome to New Southern Garden. Of course, I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson, and as always, I'm delighted that you decided to join us to talk about all those wonderful things that are going on in the landscape, in the garden. Maybe you're growing a vegetable garden. We've talked about that. Maybe you're growing a fruit orchard. We've talked about that. And of course, today we've got a brand new exciting topic You know, here, I mean, the name of the program is New Southern Garden, right? So we should talk about new things. And a lot of times we talk about old things, trying to make them new once again. Maybe old plants that have been forgotten about, lost to horticultural history. But then, of course, we talk about uh, new techniques, new tools, new plants. And today we are talking about new plants that are being introduced in 2024. Um, I'm going to say a few words about new plants before we get into all that. So that may be today's monologue, if you will. I guess the whole show is a monologue. But anyhow, um, if you are looking to learn more about gardening, well, you came to the right place. And of course, you can always find every episode of this program we've ever had at NewSouthernGarden.com. Of course, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So you can see some of the things that we're doing at New Southern Garden, some of the plants we've talked about. But, you know, today's not about fruit orchards. Today is not about vegetable gardens. We talked about vegetables a few weeks ago. Um, So be sure to check out NewSouthernGarden.com or you can find this program on your favorite podcasting app after you listen to it here live on WRWH 93.9 FM. Of course, this is Cleveland, Georgia. Now, when it comes to new plants... Since that's today's topic, we're going to talk about some new proven winners plants. Now, when you go into the garden centers and you see those white pots with a big PW on it, that is proven winners. And of course, they're branded plants, so they, of course, have a plant patent on them most of the time. The plant patent means that they come with a higher price and they'll be on a plant patent for about 20 years time from their uh, patent date. That's how these new things are going. I don't know. We do live in a capitalist society, free market, and of course, America has always been a great place to invent things because you can own the rights to them. And that's the same way that we're doing in the plant world. the, The U.S. government sort of treats new introductions if they're registered with the patent office... As inventions, yes, biological life being treated as an invention. Now, it's not a bad thing. It's great for the companies and the breeders and the people who are working tirelessly because it may take several years to breed and introduce a new plant. So with that patent on a plant, of course, that means that um, there are restrictions to how it can be grown or rather propagated. 
So technically, you're not allowed to make cuttings from these plants and produce them asexually. Now, of course, you can always save seed from a plant and grow them out. That is not prohibited because every seed could represent a brand new kind of plant. But as far as asexual propagation, making cuttings or division, grafting, all of those techniques where we take either a part of the stem or the leaf or the root and grow a new plant, that is strictly prohibited. So you will find that when you're looking for some of these new plants, that because there are sort of these impediments to get them growing and producing them, you may very well find that they're, they're hard to locate. Because along with the the plant material itself, now this is like, say, a grower or a, a nursery that's growing plants. In order for them to produce these brand new plants that are on a patent, they have to have certain licensing. They have to buy the branded pots. Usually there is an information tag, you know, that hangs off the plant from the foliage or maybe attaches to the pot somehow with these big, beautiful pictures of the plant. Very great marketing tools there. But of course, that in itself, trying to produce this plant in a specific pot with buying a specific tag, sometimes discourages growers to deal with these new plants. And of course, like I said, there's a cost to being licensed to grow them as well. So that sort of slows down the process of getting some of these new plants into, um, into the garden centers. If you're working with a local garden center or plant nursery, uh, they may not be growing them. They may be buying them from someone who is licensed to grow them. Uh, and so you may not see every brand new plant in every local garden center or box store for that matter. So with that in mind, when you're looking through the garden magazines, you will find big, beautiful, usually full spread ads for some of these new plants, particularly some of the, the bigger brands like Proven Winners. You'll see these in the magazines and it will make you want that plant in your garden and then you go look for it and you may get discouraged because there may not be that much availability. That's one of my problems with the way we're doing horticulture these days is that there's plenty of marketing possibilities, opportunities, whether it's magazines or online, maybe blogs, uh, YouTube videos, all these things that you can market these new plants with. But the supply of those plants may not be very large yet. It sort of seems like, to use that old phrase, that many times in horticulture we are putting the cart before the horse because we are trying to push these plants and encourage people to buy them, but we don't have the stock made up yet. We don't have the stock grown out yet. Don't let that discourage you. You know, of course, there are plenty of ways to locate some of those plants if you can't find them in a local plant nursery because of stock or because that local plant nursery isn't growing them or bringing them in. You can also find most of these new plants online. And in today's show, we're going to talk about some of these specific new plants from hydrangeas to roses and even native plants, native cultivars, nativars, as sometimes it's called, that are coming out. Um, now, you can always find a page online, a web page about these specific plants. Uh, 
But sometimes trying to find the plant itself is quite difficult. As a matter of fact, while I was doing some research on some of these new plants, I noticed that some of the varieties, maybe not some of the ones we're talking about today, but some of the new plants for 2024, as far as proven winners is concerned, some of them are already sold out online, which makes me wonder if they'll be found at all. So, with that being said, that's just my thoughts on new plants in horticulture. It's always wonderful to have new plants. We need new plants. I mean, you know, one way I put it, like with Encore azaleas, you know, there were, I stopped counting. There were like 31 different varieties of Encore azaleas, and they were grouped by color and size. And so there may have been eight or nine varieties of purple azalea. One statement I like to make is, how many purple azaleas do we need? right? <laughs> How many different shades of purple do we need? But having new plants is critical for a few reasons. Of course, trends change and tastes change, just like in the clothing world, anything that's design-worthy, those, those uh, trends are going to change. And then, of course, there's the fact of diseases. You know, as diseases and, and insects, to add to that group, as the diseases start to change and start to evolve. Uh, a plant that used to be resistant to a certain disease may no longer be after a couple of decades. So having a new plant, you know, like we're going to talk about roses today. Roses are notorious for having disease issues. But then a little plant called the knockout rose came out probably nearly three decades ago. I'd have to double check that. So it's been some time and we're starting to see maybe knockouts getting more black spots, which they didn't originally. But now that the diseases are changing, some of these plants that were resistant to diseases no longer are. And so having new plants that are more disease worthy or rather disease resistant in this day and age is a wonderful thing. So keep that in mind. What's disease resistant today in 20 years may suffer as the diseases themselves are changing. So there are a lot of wonderful reasons to having new plants. And of course, one of the trends in horticulture has been smaller plants. You know, the plants that our grandmothers, great-grandmothers probably grew, they got quite big. Even in the hydrangea world, very large, tall, and wide hydrangeas where they may have had larger landscapes, you know, a hundred years ago, now the size of an average American landscape is very small, fractions, just a fraction of an acre now. And so because we're living closer to each other, uh, the space between our homes and our neighbors' homes is smaller. Our backyards, front yards, they're all smaller. You know, look at all the townhomes that are being built. Because we have less space, we need smaller plants. And so you'll see a trend. There's been a big trend in the past 30, 25, 30 years to shrink the size, breeding plants to be smaller. And so there are plenty of reasons why we need these new plants. We're not going to discourage new plants in horticulture. Maybe we'll find some great colors that we've never seen before on a hydrangea, great colors that we've never seen before on a rose. But sometimes I do ask, how many purple azaleas do we need? How many purple azaleas do we need? So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into some of these new plants for 2024 from Proven Winners. Um, let's start with the hydrangea group. There are three hydrangeas that I found to be quite interesting um, and look like there'd be some great contenders for our southern landscapes here. Uh, this first 
hydrangea is a reblooming hydrangea. Now, that has been the trend for hydrangeas since like the endless summer hydrangea is to get more reblooming hydrangeas. And this reblooming hydrangea comes from the proven winner series called Let's Dance. And this variety or cultivar is called Sky View. Now, the interesting thing is that this hydrangea is a hybrid, and they've been hybridizing hydrangeas very recently with two groups, the classic blue and pink hydrangea, that macrophylla, and then a hydrangea called serrata, uh, which I think is sometimes called the mountain hydrangea. Uh, really pretty hydrangea, but when they hybridize, when they cross these two, they're getting some great results, and of course, disease resistance, reblooming uh, factors. It's a wonderful thing. So Sky View, let's read a little bit about it. Its size is only two to three foot high, which is a great size for a blue or pink hydrangea, and its spread is two to four feet, so about the same in, a, in its width. Uh, here's how Proven Winners describes it. The Let's Dance Skyview Big Leaf Hydrangea is a standout for consistent yearly blooming. Whether you're growing in the north, like Michigan, or in Florida, you will have reliable blooming. Um, now, this has been a critical thing with the big leaf hydrangeas, the blue and pink hydrangeas, because, of course, they generally bloom, uh, historically, they bloom on their old wood, but they have found genetics that is allowing them to bloom on new wood that's produced in the spring. Now, this was a problem for folks up north because, of course, in the north, it gets very cold, and lots of times, like, say, Michigan, Wisconsin, you could grow the hydrangea, but every winter it gets killed to the ground, and that old wood dies back, and the new wood was unable to bloom. So you could never really get a dependable blossom uh, in the far north. And for the southern folks, of course, our hydrangeas tend to leaf out. Like right now, I have several hydrangeas that are opening. Uh, but if we get a cold spell, if we have a freeze, then those buds die back, and it cuts back the blooms. So Skyview Let's Dance Hydrangea has definitely helped that because this plant is going to be able to conserve its old wood buds great for those challenges that we face with the weather but then it will also have the ability to bloom on new wood creating new flowers throughout the summer now it says that sky view hydrangea is very easy to turn blue and they recommend to keep it in its blue color, uh, even though it's spectacular in maybe its pink form. It says that it's very great in its blue form because the flowers emerge this beautiful sky blue color with a honeydew green eye right in the middle of each blossom um, before it matures to that full sky blue. Of course, being only two to three feet, maybe four foot at most, it's quite compact habit and can be used in a container. And of course, you can plant it right in the garden. So Skyview Hydrangea from the Let's Dance Proven Winner series seems to be a winner. And of course, it's a new hydrangea for 2024. After this break, we've got more hydrangeas and other plants that are going to be brand new to this year. Hang on tight. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share 
whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone, so get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well. So gang, I think that we can all agree that new plants are exciting. They sort of get us going. It's a great time to talk about new plants uh, right here as we inch our way into spring, a brand new month, getting us closer to April. And of course, new plants are always a cool thing to look at and you see them in the magazines. Uh, Today we are talking about some new plants from Proven Winners. They have been releasing a lot of hydrangeas in the past several years. And of course, before the break, we were talking about the Sky View, the Let's Dance Sky View hydrangea, which will be new this year in 2024. It has a sky blue blossom at its maturity. When it first opens up, though, it's described as having um, a light blue and a, a, a green center, a green eye. And then, of course, as it fully matures, you've got the color of the sky on top those beautiful green hydrangea leaves but you know i love to see a new hydrangea come out like i said earlier how many purple azaleas do we really need right but i think with hydrangeas there's always something cool it's a great diverse group of plants and of course they've been hybridizing them and getting some really cool plants and they've been shrinking the size down you know grandma's uh big leaf hydrangeas they could be up to six feet maybe more without pruning and so many of these are Uh, half that size which is going to be great for smaller landscapes this next hydrangea is called let's dance which is in that re-blooming series but it's called let's let's dance lovable what a cute name lovable now i haven't seen this in person but of course some of the marketing photos um, show a nice round plant classic green leaves but then right on top is just a slurry of shades of blue purple and pink and of course this is in that group of hydrangeas the big leaf hydrangeas which is going to change the color is going to change depending on the type of soil it's growing in remember that when a hydrangea of this kind is growing in acidic soil which we usually have in the southeast Um, this soil is going to produce a flower that is more blue. And then, of course, if the plant is growing in an alkaline soil or a basic, a sweeter soil, it will be more pink. Now, lovable, let's dance lovable, is only three to four feet wide and three to four feet tall. So again, maybe a medium-sized hydrangea. Uh, There are some hydrangeas that have been released that are maybe half that size, one and a half to two feet. But this is still just a... You know, if, if we find a shrub in that three by three foot range, I call that kind of the standard foundation size because it goes in front of a house, it goes behind or beside a house, put it in a three or four foot bed, and it's not going to be too large. But Lovable provides hundreds of flowers from both its old and its new wood, which means that you have a summer filled with beauty. Now, Lovable is that re-blooming hydrangea, and it gets its name for being incredibly beautiful and dependable. Lovable. If it's going to be beautiful and it's going to come back year after year, 
It's definitely lovable. But its blooms are this intensely colored pink, purple, or blue, like I mentioned before, just depending on that soil chemistry. You know, purple is always a desirable color with these hydrangeas, and trying to get that purple is sort of just right there in a sweet spot. But otherwise, because this plant is so small and because it reblooms, it blooms earlier in the spring on its old wood, and then as new wood is produced through the spring and summer, it will rebloom. This definitely makes a uh, worthy investigation for you if you come across a lovable. Uh, Let's Dance Hydrangea from Proven Winners, I think that you will be delighted. Now, those two plants, Skyview and Lovable, are in that group, the Macrophylla Hydrangea or the Big Leaf Hydrangea with their blue and pink uh, flowers. But of course, there is another group of hydrangeas which has been become a staple in our southern landscapes, the panicled hydrangeas. Now, you will know panicled hydrangeas when I use the word limelight hydrangea. Limelight set the standard for panicles and started to, uh, to, to sort of make this craze for this panicled hydrangea. And of course, limelight came out and we were putting it everywhere. It, they, uh, the classic flower form for these panicled hydrangeas is a cone-shaped flower, a, a white flower at its maturity. But most of the time, as the flower buds are forming and starting to open up, they're sort of a limey green color. Now, just like with most all other hydrangeas, the panicled hydrangeas come in two different flower forms. Um, they have that classic cone shape, but you can have a mop head flower or a lace cap flower. And definitely, uh, this next plant sort of is a blend of the two mop head and lace cap. It's sort of somewhere in the middle, in, in my opinion. And this is called the Pinky Winky Prime. Now, if you know panicled hydrangeas, you know there is already a Pinky Winky, but Pinky Winky Prime is new this year because. Whereas most hydrangeas are being bred to be smaller, this hydrangea has been bred to be very big. As a matter of fact, it can be up to nine foot tall, between nine to uh, six to nine feet tall and a spread of about the same six to nine feet. So you have this truly massive bloom show on a big, hardy plant which really does set it apart from some of these other introductions that are small. So, of course, going small is beneficial, but if you need something like a hedge or a screen, uh, maybe you just need a large shrub specimen plant where you can put all the attention onto that plant, then look into Pinky Winky Prime. It has this incredible color show because Pinky Winky and Pinky Winky Prime, um, even though they start out with that limey color, going to a creamy green, uh, sorry, a creamy white, as they fade, as the flowers mature, they turn to this rich pinky red color, which of course is how it gets its name. Now, a lot of panicles do that, but this does it in a very distinctive way. I do like Pinky Winky, and I'm probably going to try to plant a Pinky Winky Prime to see how this new uh, switch up of Pinky Winky uh, stands out in the landscape. I love the panicled hydrangeas in general because they bloom in the dead of summer, nearing the end of summer, when 
not a whole lot in the garden is blooming. And they give you just this massive display of color. I love to see panicled hydrangeas in mass, uh, whether there is a group of three or five or nine or 12 or 11. Having a big group of these, if you have the space, is a wonderful thing because when they're blooming, it is just show-stopping. But of course, if you have a small bed, if you have a just a little area where you want something tall and upright and blooming in the summer, then one plant can do the job. These also look great around a pool and patio, that kind of thing, because, of course, that's going to be very inviting in the heat of summer to come and sit around the pool, come and sit around the patio and enjoy those wonderful blossoms. Hydrangeas in general are just classic with the South and the Southeast in particular. We can grow them well, and they do perform quite well. Um, this plant, though, the panicled hydrangeas, like Pinky Winky Prime, has no problem with a late, uh, late winter or early spring frost or freeze. Uh, they are very cold hardy. As a matter of fact, most of these panicles, I believe, are hardy to like zone three, which is like northern Wisconsin, southern Wisconsin, so way up there. And of course, they can be grown all the way to at least zone eight. But regardless, they don't get, even if they get winter damage, because they bloom on new wood, they are not going to have a problem with blooming for you after a heavy frost or freeze in the uh, late part of the season, uh, uh, late part of the winter. So definitely panicles. If you don't have any panicle, whether it's limelight, pinky winky, some of the others, if you don't have one, you need to have some of these panicled hydrangeas. They're easy. You can prune them back to nothing in the late part of winter, early spring. They will regrow, rebush out, and bloom just as prolifically as if you hadn't uh, pruned them at all. So with that being said, the hydrangeas are something that are exciting in the landscape. They're something uh, new. They're something new here with the Let's Dance Sky View, the Let's Dance Lovable, and now the Pinky Winky Prime. No matter what situation you have in your landscape, there's surely a hydrangea for you, and you may want to check out some of these new plants from Proven Winners for 2024. Well, gang, Proven Winners also has some new roses, and there's one that is going to be not just beautiful, but delicious to eat. So hang on tight after this break. Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. So gang, today on New Southern Garden, we are talking about new plants, particularly from Proven Winners, the brand of new plant introductions. They pretty much release brand new plants every year. And sometimes it can get complicated. It can be a lot of things. You know, there's so many new plants coming out. Can you find them all? Maybe, maybe not. But before the break, we were talking about hydrangeas. Of course, there were some three great hydrangeas, Sky View, um, let's see, what's the other one? Lovable and Pinky Winky Prime. And, of course, when we're breeding plants, we're looking for new characteristics, maybe color, maybe size, maybe the fact that certain plants are reblooming now. 
But one thing when it comes to hydrangeas that I was thinking about over the break is, wouldn't it be great if they were breeding hydrangeas to be deer resistant? That would be an awesome thing. Because, of course, hydrangeas are just a group of plants that the deer love. If you have a hydrangea garden and deer, it's, well, it's hard to have both. I'll say that. But if you make it work, it's like you're providing a buffet. An all-you-can-eat buffet. You know, Shoney's. Remember Shoney's? Shows my age a bit. But Shoney's had that salad bar. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Providing <laughs> providing a buffet for your... For your it'd just be wonderful. It'd be wonderful if we could breed hydrangeas to be deer resistant. Now, another group of plants that deer do love are roses. And if you have roses like me, you know that it's almost hard to have them with the deer. So I'm not saying that any of these roses are deer resistant, but there are some great new roses coming out from Proven Winners for 2024. And the very first one is not just tasty to the deer, but it's also tasty to the human, apparently. This brand new rose is called Flavorette. Flavorette Honey Apricot. And it does have, as the name describes, honey apricot. That's the, the flower color. It does look like honey. Sort of a yellow, but yet there's a bit of a coral and a creaminess to it. And it's chock full of petals. The plant itself looks a lot like a hybrid tea, but it is considered a shrub rose. Um, to simplify the color, it's orange, but it's hard not to call it apricot or honey. And of course... Uh, Proven Winner says that Flavorette is a brand new way to love roses on your plate. This new line of roses called Flavorette is going to transform your garden from just viewable to edible. This is interesting. I found that this would be a very interesting brand new plant because each rose in this Flavorette series was bred for reliable landscape performance, but also an excellent taste. It says you'll get the best of both worlds. Now, with the Flavorette Honey Apricot Rose, you are going to get these luscious, bowl-shaped, petal-filled blooms that continuously blooms throughout the summertime. And you can pick them and put them on your salad. Now, the only thing that uh, I don't see in the research was, what does the bloom taste like? What does a rose's bloom taste like? That's something we, I've never had to describe before. So if I come across this plant this year, I'm going to try to plant it, keep it, keep it away from the deer, and maybe we can have a little taste of what a rose tastes like. Now, of course, you know, uh, historically, of course, roses have been consumed, edible, but then, of course, after they bloom, uh, many of them will produce a seed pod that they call a rose hip. And I'm not a medicinal plant guy, but I do understand they have certain uh, health benefits, rose hips probably antioxidants, but we'll have to double check that. But of course, Flavorette also has great disease resistance, and that is going to be critical when, when growing roses in the southeast because of our heat and humidity, because our summers tend to be wet, and there's just so much moisture in the air. Roses sometimes suffer from disease. And of course, these new introductions are almost guaranteed to have some kind of disease resistance because that's just, the, that's just where we are. That's just where we are with new roses. We've got to have disease resistance. But I think it's very interesting because, of course, this rose has a fragrant flower. But it also has 
an edible flower, a tasty flower. So flavorette, honey apricot may be something to look at, not just for your garden, but maybe also for your kitchen. It is a continuous bloomer and a rebloomer, and deadheading is not required in order to get a second flush of flowers. That's another thing we're seeing with some of these new roses is that deadheading may not be as important as it once was. Now, let's go into the world of an interesting plant that has a versatile growth habit, meaning that this rose can be grown on a trellis and trained tall, and of course it can be grown as a shrub rose or as as a hedge. This new rose for 2024 from Proven Winners is called Rise Up Emberase, Emberase, and that name Ember might tell you a little bit about the color because this rose is going to warm up your garden with its glowing orange and yellow blossoms that come continuously throughout the summertime. Now, as these orangey-yellow blooms mature, they soften to a pale pink and they sort of fold up like the old garden roses did, which gives them more range than your standard roses. Now, it does make a lovely low hedge, maybe three to five foot. And of course, you can use this in your cut flower garden, or you could put it as a feature plant, maybe up against a porch or patio. They can also, because it gets up to five feet or so, it can climb up a trellis and really fill out your vertical garden. Um, But it has this versatile habit, so can fill so many different roles in the landscapes. It looks nicely on its own, but um, apparently it looks really good on a trellis, so that may be something to uh, to look into. And as far as its performance goes, it has great garden performance and good disease resistance, so you can, as Proven Winner says, sit down, relax, and enjoy the view of the Rise Up Emberay's Rise Up Ember Rays Rose. Stunning flowers, lovely fragrance, and a very long bloom period. I think the fact that it's disease resistant is going to be wonderful as well. Now, Proven Winners is introducing another Oh So Easy Rose. Oh So Easy. Oh So Easy has been um, kind of a response to the Drift Rose. You know, the Drift Rose gets wide but not tall. Um, These are very compact. They may be just as wide as they are tall. And the oh-so-easy-peasy, this is the new one. Golly, gang, one of the problems with new plants are the names. Some are great and some are just wonderfully annoying, I guess. But oh-so-easy-peasy is about two and a half feet wide and tall, maybe getting close to three foot four inches, very specific there. But the beauty of these oh-so-easies and oh-so-easy-peasy rows is that they are effortlessly floriferous. This is one of the newest roses that is already decorated with a prestigious award of excellence in the no-spray division from the American Rose Society. That tells you right there, the disease performance, disease resistance is wonderful. Now, it has this sort of bright apple green foliage that's resistant to powdery mildew and black spot. Those are two of the biggest problems. But what do the flowers look like? Well, they are these um, abundant magenta flowers that appear, and I quote, in endless profusion from early summer through frost, end of quote. Now, the size and scale of this rose is perfect to incorporate with maybe perennials because it's not a very big plant. Um, Maybe at max three 
foot four inches. So it blends well with small plants, maybe some of the new coneflowers and the salvias and the veronicas. And of course, it's going to bloom, bloom, bloom. It does not have uh, a ton of petals. The petals are uh, probably a semi-double, I guess we might say. Um, so you can actually see the yellow center. So you've got the yellow center of the plant of the flower, and then of course uh, the spray of magenta pinky flowers, rich pink, if anything. But it's winning awards. It blooms all summer and does not need to be deadheaded in order to rebloom. So that's wonderful. So for months and months without using shears, you can get this oh so easy peasy rose to just bloom its head off. And because of its flower form not being a super double, um, should be quite attractive to pollinators. When it comes to roses, no matter if you're looking into new roses or old roses, if you're looking to attract pollinators to roses, be sure you go with roses that have very few petals. The more petals there are, just a cluster of petals, uh, even coming out right in the center of the flower, that's going to make it very difficult and less attractive to pollinators because they can't get in to the center of the flower. So when you're looking for roses to attract pollinators or add to your pollinator garden, be sure to use either single petals or maybe semi-double, but super true doubles and beyond double roses. They're beautiful to you and me, and they should be used, but they aren't going to really attract the pollinators. Now, in addition to hydrangeas and roses, Proven Winners is introducing some new native plants or cultivars of native plants. Sometimes we lovingly call these nativars, native cultivars. And I think for good reason. I think that native plants are wonderful. If you've been listening to this program for any amount of time, uh, you know that I love native plants. These are native, uh, or rather native plants, refers to the fact that they originate in our area on the land that we're living on. And of course, that means that pollinators, wildlife, they know these plants and the pollinators will be more attracted to these plants perchance because they know what these plants are. Doesn't mean that they're not attracted to plants that have been imported. Um, I always put it this way. You know, I'm from the South, from here, North Georgia, and I do like new kinds of foods. I do like Chinese food and Mexican food, et cetera, et cetera. But I do like what I know which is biscuits and gravy and fried chicken, right? And it's sort of the same way. These are plants that our pollinators would recognize. The first one that I want to talk about is an Itea or a sweet spire, uh, Virginia sweet spire. This plant is a wonderful plant just in general because generally they're, uh, they're blooming about May around the weekend of Mother's Day. They're super attractive to pollinators. They have these very long spires of white flowers. It's really attractive. But generally, Itea, or Virginia sweet spire, it gets quite tall. Uh, could become as tall well above your head. And of course, there was a sweet spire called Henry Garnet, which shrunk it down just a bit, maybe three to five feet, probably no taller than six feet. But they're wonderful plants to put on a bank or on a slope because they have these arcing branches. And these arching, arching branches um, produce those spires, uh, rather those, those white flowers that just really stand out. But this new one that's coming out 2024 by Proven Winners is called Fizzy Mizzy. 
Great name, right? Fizzy Mizzy Sweet Spire. And check this out. It's only two to three foot tall and two to three foot wide. You see, before, say, this kind of introduction, Sweet Spire couldn't really go into your front garden bed because they got really big. They would block the window. But with Fizzy Mizzy's help, we can put some native plants into the landscape. It is going to stand out, too. It's got this abundant, upright flower spikes. They're bright white, and they carry this light, lovely fragrance that attracts people, but also pollinators. And it definitely is an early summer bloomer, sometimes usually in May. But that helps to sort of bridge the gap between spring into summer and just helps you get this endless supply of flowers. It has a very petite size, and it has a very uniform shape, which makes it a great plant to add to your foundation plants or into your shrub borders, whereas the classic Sweet Spire was just too sprawling and wild-looking. But with Fizzy Mizzy Sweet Spire, you get compact plant, uh, fragrant flowers, fall interest with fall, uh, fall, fall color, and it is very shade tolerant as well. More new plants after this break. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. (laughs) At Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get growing together. Well, gang, if you're just joining us for today's program here on New Southern Garden, I'll catch you up, get you up to speed. We're talking about new plants that are being introduced for 2024 from Proven Winners. Uh, they have been releasing, uh, I, I, I do like most of the plants they release. For the most part, they're quite dependable, they're performing well, and they look spectacular. And before the break, we were talking about some new native plants that they are introducing, like the Fizzy Mizzy Sweet Spire, which, of course, is a uh, new take on Sweet Spire or Itea, a native plant that blooms maybe May to early summer and has great fall color. But this plant stays really small and really tight, just two to three foot wide and high. And I know that I've got more plants on here than I'll be able to squeeze in, so I may have to speed through some of these. The next one is a Wygelia. Now, Wygelia is an old-fashioned plant in my mind, mainly because you don't see it much anymore. And it was one of the first plants that I planted with my grandmother. I don't know if maybe her mother had planted them, but I remember we went to a garden center. She bought one. And that plant that we planted has died since, but thank goodness I made cuttings from it before the mother died, and I have some babies in my cold frame right now, so that one is really um, sentimental to me. But of course, Wygelia, kind of like Itea, is traditionally a very large shrub, and sometimes too large for some of our small landscapes. But that's not the case with Proven Winter's new reblooming Wygelia called Wine and Spirits. 
Uh, Wine and Spirits has a very cool leaf color. It's very wine color, very dark, almost nearly black. And the blossoms on it are white, but with maybe just a tinge of green. A crisp white green flower set against a backdrop of very dark purple, black foliage, whatever you want to call it. It's definitely a showstopper in the garden center. If you see that plant, you may want to pick it up. Now, the fact that it reblooms is critical because Wygelia usually does not rebloom. It's one of those early blooming plants, kind of like Forsythia. They usually put out all of their flowers in the earliest parts of spring, and you don't really get much more beyond that. But not with wine and spirits, reblooming Wygelia. Definitely, if you like Wygelia, those classic bell shaped flowers, uh, look into this new reblooming Wygelia. On the low end, it's maybe only three foot tall and wide, but might be able to get to five and uh, five foot tall and five foot wide. But Wygelia responds well to pruning. I would prune it after it blooms and let it put out more flowers as you go through summer. Now, let's talk about some smaller plants, uh, some perennial plants. Native perennials are wonderful to add to your pollinator garden, but they're also great to add to your perennial borders and to mix in between plants. A lot of these perennials are going to be right up front and center. Um, You don't have to put them far back because they don't get very tall. Now, everybody probably knows garden flocks, tall garden flocks. But what about a tall garden flocks that gets no taller than two foot ten inches? <laughs> Proven Winners is releasing the luminary prismatic pink tall garden flocks. Um, it stays quite compact as well, maybe only two to two and a half feet wide. But this variety has very large, well-formed panicles of a bubblegum pink flower with dark pink eyes. Really attractive. It definitely can help you build a cottage garden in addition to a perennial, uh, sorry, in addition to a pollinator garden. It can give you that cottage garden feel, but you don't have to worry about a very tall plant. And this plant is also disease resistant, and that's important when you're looking into phloxes because phlox in general suffers from powdery mildew notoriously. Uh, one of the first ones that w- that came out that was quite resistant to powdery mildew was called David, which was a very pure white flower. But since David, they have been breeding and hybridizing and releasing new phloxes to give us disease resistance. So if you go with tall garden phlox of any variety, be sure there is a note saying that it's disease resistant. But luminary prismatic pink is quite attractive looking, quite attractive looking. Now, you and I probably know and love black-eyed Susan or rutabecchia. Now, this is a plant that blooms well into summer and is highly attractive to pollinators. And so if you are looking for a pollinator plant that finishes out the year from uh, summer to fall, be sure to look at for Black-Eyed Susan, but maybe more specifically a brand new one from Proven Winners called Mega Millions. And Mega Millions Black-Eyed Susan only gets about up to three foot tall and three foot wide. So it's a nice, tight, and uh, gorgeous plant. Um, Rutabecchia breeding has come a long way since the classic Goldstrom. Now, Goldstrom came out in 1937, and it is still probably the standard. But 
this plant has a broad leaf, you know, it's a broad leaf plant. Um, however, Mega Millions is just a stronger performer. Um, and its habit is very similar to Goldstrom, but it is an absolute blooming machine. Now, that's a quote from Proven Winners, absolute blooming machine. As a matter of fact, in the breeder's trial, uh, one three-year-old Mega Million plant produced over 1,000 more blooms than a seven-year-old plant of Goldstrom in just a single season. So I do like Goldstrom. It's, like I said, kind of the classic, uh, become the classic Black-Eyed Susan, but I think Mega Millions is going to be pushing that. It's going to be pushing the boundaries just a bit. So, of course, we have that very bright gold flower with a dark black center, and that is Black-Eyed Susan for you. But Mega Millions, I hope, sounds like it's going to live up to its name, providing you maybe not a million blooms, but one plant could provide over a thousand blossoms than our classic Black-Eyed Susans have been. Now, one plant that always gets exciting, and it's always a springtime exciting plant, is the Blue Star or Amsonia. Amsonia is a true blue, kind of pale blue flower, uh, but it's a native plant that produces these upright canes that bloom first thing in the spring and then they don't bloom anymore but they have very linear leaves that gives you a wonderful texture throughout the summer and then to round that off at the end of the year in the fall time as things are turning shades of fall during fall color show uh, Amsonia is one of the best perennials for fall color because those thin linear leaves turn to a bright gold, bright yellow. And the new one from Proven Winners for 2024 is called Storm Cloud Blue Star, and it only gets maybe two and a half feet tall and maybe three and a half feet wide. Amsonia is definitely a clumper, but this is really a low maintenance plant. In the spring, blue, uh, Storm cloud, Amsonia is going to have these incredibly dark stems that push up out of the ground, kind of like asparagus. And then you have these olive green leaves with the silver veins. Then the star-shaped periwinkle blue flowers come to the top of this wide mounding shrub-like habit, and it is wonderful. In general, Blue Stars or Amsonia is a wonderful plant, but I think that Storm Cloud is going to give the standards a run for their money. They're heat tolerant. It's already an award winner. It's native to North America. It's usually very disease res uh, deer resistant, very deer resistant, and it is a beautiful shade of blue in the spring. Nothing could brighten up spring like the blue of Blue Star. So check out Storm Cloud. Well, gang, I hope that you get some ideas for some new plants from Proven Winners for 2024. Thanks for joining us. Of course, my name's Nathan Wilson. And for New Southern Garden and WRWH, I hope you stay well and grow well this weekend. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show.